OMG! <laughs> hey, best friend. Uh, it feels so good to say that. It's strange, it's weird, but it feels really good. And I hope I can still call you my best friend. Um, it's been a long time. Welcome to the Melanated Kimmy podcast. New name, bestie. <laughs> um, a new name and a lot has changed. And I have so much to talk to you about. So this episode is entitled, Can We Talk? <laughs> and I know the challenge is getting on everyone's nerve. That Tank um, came up with the Can We Talk Challenge. I'm not here to sing it. I'm just here to talk to you. And let's get into it. I lost touch with all my friends. I'm in bed by 10 p.m. I have no social stamina. I cancel on all my plans. I commit, then I don't answer. I can't keep up with anyone. I never forgot you. Ever. And I'm super glad we're still friends. And we are back, bestie, in more ways than one. And again, I am your host and best friend, Kimmy J. And this is the first episode of season two. And with a new name, the Melanated Kimmy Podcast. And I just want to say this. Like, it's no joke, no lie, no exaggeration. I never stop thinking about you. Word to Steve, if you just heard that little clip I just played, when I saw him say that, I'm like, he's literally singing my life with his words. Um, that clip of him explaining his um, abrupt departure from Blue's Clues and returning um you know, and why he's returning now and his message to all of his viewers who were young kids when he left and who are now adults and living their lives. Um, it, the clip went super viral and everyone was connecting and relating in their own ways. And I felt a specific relation to it as it connected with me and my podcast and um, of the pause and the long break without explanation that that I took. I'm like, he's speaking my truth right here. I took a pause from podcasting because it was extremely necessary for me physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like all of it. Um, and I'll explain and go into more detail, but bestie, I need you to know and tap into my heart and understand me when I say stepping away was never about me losing a passion for podcasting or my desire to talk to you. We're true blue, tight like glue, please believe it. Um, and even during my break, when I literally couldn't have podcasted the way I wanted to, it, you know, even if I tried, I still um, have recordings in my drafts. I still have outlines and videos and um, coming up with titles and journals, picking songs and everything about the podcast. So many pieces of unfinished content are all over all of my devices um, that, m that might never see the light of day, but are definitely proof that I wanted to be here talking to you, sis. Like, it's real. And, you know, I think... I took a break because it was necessary and then I stayed away because not only probably was it more necessary for my mental health, but 
I also, I took, I kept extending the break because I wanted to make sense of everything that had happened while I was gone. I wanted to be able to tie it up in a pretty neat bow and explain everything, explain what I went through and have clarity on why I went through it and how I went through it and what it all means. And I never had that. I still don't have that. And I might never totally have it, or it might take years upon years to truly understand and process some of the things that I went through that happened that you know, just have gone on in these months and in this time. And I'm like, I can't continue to stifle the the breath, the life, the voice I have left. I have to talk to my bestie. Um, so yeah, so I just wanted to say that. And I just wanted to even, you know, reshare Steve's, uh, a little clip of Steve's post that certainly pertained to me and certainly spoke to my feelings and my sentiment. Um, but yeah, that's just my little, my little message to you, bestie, because, um, it's been a journey to get here, um, and to be able to speak to you now. And, you know, that's that on that. And like I said, I will continue to share more, um, of what happened and process that with you and as I process it and as I can make sense of it and as I can verbalize it, um, I will share that with you because like we all we got bestie. Okay, and we're back. And mind you, I can't just be throwing around sis all willy-nilly anymore like I usually do. But side note, no shade to anybody who's listening, but I definitely still will use sis a lot. I just like saying sis. But I mentioned being mindful of it because I was pleasantly surprised to log back into the podcast to discover that after this long break of being gone many months, my last posted podcast is currently the has currently the most engagement of any podcast I've ever done and this is a big part the most diverse group of listeners I've ever had which is now including male listeners for the first time ever which is like such a big deal you know because I check analytics and I know like I've had no non-binary I've had no male listeners like it's just been my podcast has been the exact opposite of a sausage fest for the entire time that I've been podcasting. It's been practically a melanated Lilith fair, if you will. (laughs) But now the men's are here. Hey, best friend, bro, dog, homie, what's up? (laughs) That's as butch as I can get, (laughs) but all are welcome. Come on in the room, fam. I, you know, I've said it before, and it's all love. We celebrate kings, queens, and all non-binary royalty up in here. I sell, um, you know, I've celebrated and respected and welcomed all. It has never been, um, you, but it's actually never been reflected before in my actual listeners. So I was shocked to see the growing little sprouts of gender diversity, um, and the increased listening audience. Uh, while I was gone, you know, like my, the last podcast I left was, 
you know, really raw and I didn't expect much from it. I didn't expect that it would be my last podcast for a while. Like that was not my intent. I had no idea, um, what was going to happen. Um, so to take a break, um, not knowing if or when I could come back and, um, you know, like fearing that loss of, you know, quote unquote momentum, not that I've had a ton, um, and wondering if anyone cared that I was gone, um, just seeing those little seeds of increase was incredibly encouraging. And I, um, you know, I want to say thank you to anyone who is listening now and anyone who will listen, um, anyone who has listened before, I just, I truly appreciate it, Bestie. And, you know, I really am encouraged to see that someone was listening. Someone heard me, um, you know, and I, you know, I've created the space for myself to feel welcome and feel like I, you know, I have a place to go to talk and express myself. And I want my listeners um, you know, fingers crossed that I have listeners, <laughs> bestie, it's just me and you up in here. But, you know, you, as I continue to podcast and come back to this, I hope that I have listeners that will engage with me and that they can feel that same kind of warmth and safe space that I feel to speak my mind and speak my truth. Um, so that was very shocking to come back and see that. Okay, you hear the sips. Let's just get into this little bit of tea um, right now. It's nothing in particularly juicy or scandalous, but I think it's important to share with you my journey over the last few months and my initial reason for stepping away and taking a break from the podcast. And I mean, if I can't talk about this with my bestie, then who can I talk about it with? I mean, come on. So I'm just going to share this information that I did contract Delta strain COVID in July. Um, and I actually got pretty sick. Um, and already being vaccinated, I was so shocked that I still got as sick as I did. It was truly a wake up call for me. And, you know, many of my family members who, who knew I was sick, it was a wake up call for them as well. Like, you know, I don't have any underlying health conditions. Um, I was vaccinated. I'm pretty healthy. Um, so when I w got as sick as what I did, it really was an eye opener for me. Um, you know, I thought being in my thirties and in good health and, you know, taking that step of being vaccinated, I thought if I, I thought even if I contacted COVID that I wouldn't even know I had it, it even if I did test positive, I thought I would be completely asymptomatic. Um, and like the week that I got tested, um, like days leading up to it, I still was like, it's not COVID. Even when I got tested, I think in, even in the back of my mind, I was still thinking it wasn't COVID. Um, but so like, as I started to feel like little inklings of minor symptoms, it didn't dawn on me at like very first thought that it was COVID because I have sinus problems. You know, I've always, I've always had like, you know, sinus issues where I would take, you know, Claritin or, um, Sudafed or something like that. So, um, first it was like a small tickle in my throat and, um, that I had an on and off again headache. And I immediately, I'm like, it's my sinuses. Um, so as it went on, like I had 
like I said, I really thought it was my sinuses. And I was planning on recording a podcast um, that week that I was feeling like that. And I thought, oh, well, I will just um, wait a couple days. I'm going to drink some tea, really make sure I take my, um, si- my sinus meds. And so, you know, I'm just like, oh, I won't record because I was like getting a little scratchy or have to keep taking sips of tea and I didn't want to like to have to have that sound going on. And then the body ache started and then the light cough developed. And then I thought, okay, oh, it's just summer cold, a summer cold. You know, I'm still like, no, this can't be COVID. And ironically, the night before my symptoms escalated, I was reading CNN posts about the differences in symptoms between COVID-19 and the variants, in particular Delta variant. And I even, I like shared um, some information because I thought, oh, well, if I'm just hearing this or reading this for the first time, maybe other people don't know either. So I remember I reposted just the night before I got really sick um, because I learned new information and I was like, I wanted to share it out. It wasn't because I was experiencing it. I just thought like, hey, I'm just sharing information that I think people should know or, you know, be on the lookout if they experience these symptoms. Um... And, you know, like, I didn't, I didn't know about the, the Delta variant causing like gastrointestinal issues, vomiting and upset stomach and all of this. So to my dismay, I woke up the next morning with significantly um, intensified symptoms. My voice was almost completely gone. My cough was twice, twice as bad as it was before. And I started vomiting. Um, and that's when I'm like, okay, I can't deny this or, you know, put it off as being something else anymore. So I got a rapid test and because I wanted to know immediately, I didn't want to wait days. And so I got, did the rapid test and it was COVID. And so being sick, um, was hard. (laughs) It was hard. And, you know, actually having that diagnosis in front of me, like literally within an hour, I knew I was positive. But even when I went in to test, (laughs) this is how crazy it was. So like when I went in to test, the first thing she did was like read my, um, like my blood oxygen level. And she did my, um, my pulse. No, not my pulse, my blood pressure. And she was like, you're heart is pumping really hard like it's fighting through a virus she was like yeah i haven't tested you yet i'm not saying you have it but that's a very you know like that's a clear sign of virus um in the way your blood and blood is pumping and then but then she like she may have saw like worry on my face because then she was like but are you nervous i was like yeah i've never i've never you know, had COVID symptoms before, so I've never been tested before. So this is all new to me and I'm, I am nervous. And I said, but I do feel bad. Like I am starting to cough and stuff. And, you know, I was sharing with her my symptoms, but it was like immediately, it was just all over me. She knew I had COVID. Um, and so like, like I said, I want to like separate things out because being sick was hard. It was hard not having a voice. Um, It was hard not being able to be in contact with anyone, you know, like I'm a, I'm a pretty big loner. Um, you know, 
I and I and I'm okay with it for the most part. But like being, you know, not being able to see my mom, um, you know, literally getting meals <laughs> set at my door, um, you know, like those kind of things. That was really hard. Um, even when, you know, I love watching TV and I love watching movies and I'm so expressive. Like if you know me, you know, I watch a movie, I will watch a romantic comedy. Like most people would watch a football game. Like I scream at parts, I cheer, I cry, I laugh, I go nuts. Like being completely silent (laughs) was very difficult. I remember like when my, cause for period of time, not the entire time that I was sick, but for, um, the better part of two weeks, I had zero voice, like could not even make a sound and to sit and I'd be watching, you know, I couldn't do anything but watch TV. So I'm watching movies and watching my favorite musicals and my favorite Disney movies. And sometimes I'd forget and go to sing and nothing would come out or I would just start coughing so hard from trying to just make a sound or, you know, like completely lose my breath and be like, oh my God, like it would hurt so bad. I'm like, stop being stupid. Why do you keep forgetting you can't sing? Like you're not on Glee. Just let let them sing. Like that was so hard. But also like it was so mentally taxing on me. Um, it weighed on me so hard because if you, you know, you know me, bestie, like I have taken this pandemic really seriously. Um, I now, um, you know, feel a very great sense of responsibility for my mother. Like she moved in with me, like right before the pandemic started, which I was so glad she was already here before lockdown, um, went into effect because, you know, that just would have been crazy of me trying to get, um, get to her or get things to her. Um, but you know, like I have, she has a lot of underlying health conditions. I've been extremely concerned about her health and well being through, you know, this pandemic and this unknown that, you know, none of us, uh, you know, for generations have not faced, you know, like it was not just like us millennials haven't been through it. Our parents haven't been through it. Many of our grandparents haven't been through it. Um, or, you know, are very, um, you know, far, you know, are slightly removed from that as well. Um, so, you know, I've tried to do the right things and I've tried to stay safe and I've tried to stay healthy. And when I got it, I just felt so guilty and, you know, having to talk to, you know, I barely go out. I barely am around people, but the few interactions that I've had, I, you know, I had to like contact people and let them know. And many of them, I'm like, I I think I can pinpoint exactly when I got COVID. So I, you know, I would call them and be like, hey, you, you know, I want you to know I have it. I don't want them to hear it from somebody else and then be like, hey, I was around her on such and such day. You know, like, what if, what if I, you know, what if I could have gotten it from her? So I would let them know like, hey, I think I got it here, but I know I saw you pretty recently. So I just want to let you know, you know, that I have it, but I don't think I put, you know, I don't think you were around me when I had it, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, like I, um, I tested positive and it, that was just a couple weeks ago that July 4th was, 
um, that it was July 4th. I literally only ate with two people. You know, like I didn't go to a big cookout. I went to, I had a cookout here with two people. Um, and I didn't have COVID then, but you know, at mid July, now I have it. And I didn't want people to look back and think, Oh, maybe I gave it to them, you know? So I'd have to let people know. And every single time I would tell someone I had it, like I would just burst into tears. Um, you know, not with them, like I could play it off and get off the phone, but immediately after that phone call, I was in tears and I'd just be shattered. Or if I had, you know, many times I had to do it over text because I could, I completely lost my voice. Um, and I would just be shattered afterwards. It weighed so heavy on me. That stress of, you know, I'm not real judgmental on people who don't, who, you know, who have not followed the mandates and who have not taken it seriously. I'm not judgmental, but I don't do that. I don't play like that. Like I feel that my health, my mom's health, and even if, you know, um, you know, the young child that I, uh, keep a lot of times, you know, I'll take him for weeks at a time, like, you know, a week at a time and stuff. I didn't want to jeopardize his health as well. And, you know, and I also didn't want to do anything that caused me to not be able to see him. So of course, while I was sick, I could not see him that entire time. And it was just hard. Um, it just had such an effect on my mental health. Like I really, really struggled with it. And, um, I just felt really bad. And then I felt really scared because, you know, like I didn't know how sick I was going to get. And so, you know, like I could, you know, someone could be like, oh, well, you're, you're, um, you were vaccinated and you're healthy. So you're not going to get that sick. But the amount of the, the, where I was in, in sickness, I didn't expect to get there. So I'm like, okay, is it going to get worse? Like I was scared to take time off work. You know, I was working from home. So I'm like, I just want to keep working as long as I can, because what if I get worse? And then I really need that time, you know? So some days I was working, I would type for like five minutes and have to lay down for 15 and get back up. And like, I was literally like struggling. Like my, you know, I have a decent sized room. It's not huge or anything, but like I was winded walking from one room, end of my room to the other. Like everything was difficult. I never experienced a sickness, sickness in this way. I never like sneezing was literally <laughs> a hellscape. Like every time I sneezed, it was like someone lit my body on fire from head to toe. It hurt so bad. It was like it inflamed my whole chest. It was a burning, fiery sensation like all over my body where I'd have to brace for a sneeze and then like, you know, feel the impact of the recoil of that flames running through me. It was just so, so painful. Um, so out of breath. And even as my voice returned, even as I started to get a little bit stronger, it was like my voice and you could, I mean, I, <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to cut that out. I'm not even going to cut my little breakout. Cause I was going to say, you can probably, you know, I'm, I have a tendency to have a scratchier kind of deeper voice, but even when I wanted to start podcasting, be like, oh yeah, I have a voice now. My voice stamina was very low. Like even when people would start calling me again and know that I had a voice and want to talk to me and be like, how are you doing and stuff? If I stayed on a call past my 
breaking point, like I would just cough and cough and cough and the cough would be back. Like, you know, like I was first diagnosed. It was such a strain on me. Um, and I felt the sense where I didn't want to come back to podcasting until I was a hundred percent. And that could also be a hundred percent in my own mind. Cause even after I start thinking about it, I'm like, I, I'm always scratchy. I'm scratchy right now. Um, and I had COVID all the way back in July. Um, but it was like an insecurity came with, with, with experiencing COVID where I was always like, Oh, I don't want anybody to think I have COVID. I don't want anybody to hear my scratchy throat. I don't want to cough. Anytime I cough, I'm like, Hey, it's not COVID though, guys. I know, you know, like I have this very, very, um, high sensitivity and insecurity about it now. Um, and so it, it was a really a struggle for me to come back. And then I felt like people who know I've taken COVID so seriously, and know that I still got it, I thought, you know, everyone's going to mock me. They're going to be like, yeah, you know, you thought you were being so careful. You you thought you couldn't come around me and you ended up with it, not me. You know, I felt this sense like I would be mocked or ridiculed or shamed or shaded or embarrassed because I went through this. Um, and so it was really hard. Um, I think I'm still dealing with some of those um you know, those, those insecurities that I have, you know, that I have put on myself, like no one has done that to me, but it it was definitely a fear of mine that someone would, would mock me for my, for my seriousness that I've taken, um, towards this disease and things that I refuse to participate in and refuse to go to or, you know, events that I have canceled, you know, I didn't do, I haven't done my friends giving in two years in a row. I haven't done my Christmas party two years in a row. And you know, my friends who know and love me have wanted to have those things. I'm just like, I'm not there yet. And I will say having COVID and experiencing it, um, has only heightened those fears because like I said, I thought I couldn't get sick or I wouldn't get sick and I did. So I'm like, I feel even more um, determined to be vigilant because I don't want to experience it ever again. Um, You know, now my, you know, my immune system has been compromised. I have been weakened by it. I have still had some lasting effects that just won't seem to go away. And particularly the achy joints and um, muscle, like joint pain. Um, Because, and that was a symptom that I had um, days before my cough came, like every time I go to sit down, like my knees would hurt. And I'm like, this is weird. And I'm like, okay, is this just old age? You know, in July, I was about to have another birthday in September. So I'm like, oh, is this just old age creeping up on me? And I didn't think about it. Um, and then I remember, I remember, um, certain celebrities talking about having aches and bangs and back pain, um, before they tested positive and, and it, when I tested positive, I'm like, that's what that joint and that, that pain was in my legs. Every time I go to stand up, every good time I go to sit down, I'd feel pain. My back hurt really bad. Um, and it went away for a little bit, but it has, it has come back and it has stayed with me. Um, there's times when I have a really hard trouble getting up and down stairs. Um, I had to go into work, um, for 
you know, for a day and I was struggling going down the stairs. Like I literally almost fell one time. My knee would not bend correctly. It was so tender. Um, you know, so it's like this constant reminder, um, of what I experienced with COVID. And, you know, before I experienced COVID, people could shame me or make me feel embarrassed for wearing a mask afterwards. I'm like, I dare them to say something to me. Cause I'm immediately going to be like, I had COVID and it freaking sucked. And I don't ever want to go through it again. And all these variants are popping up. Um, that are stronger, that are quicker, that are faster, you know, it's going to continue to mutate as people continue to not, um, vaccinate and give us a fighting chance to end this. Um, I definitely don't want Omicron that is now ravaging the country and is all, you know, is taking over. It's, I've, I've heard it's now up to like 82% of the cases and it has increased, Omicron has increased to be that dominant in three weeks when it took Delta three months to get there. So I'm like, I'm not playing with y'all about this. Like, I I want everything to quote unquote get back to normal. I want us to be safe. I don't I don't want to stop anyone's fun. I know everyone is not um as introverted as I am and they need that social interaction, but I hope and pray that we don't all need that social interaction to our detriment. I love you enough to stay away from you. I love you enough to see this thing through. I love this enough to inconvenience myself to make sure that we're all safe. And I hope that you do too. And I have taken up enough time talking about my COVID journey. Hey, bestie, I am definitely not going to hold you up too much longer. Um, We're definitely going to take baby steps as we come back to podcasting and get this thing popping. But I want to leave you with a word. That is something that will never change. I will always share with you a word before we close out. And this was something that came to me this summer, even prior to me having COVID. This message to stop holding your breath. I remember when I moved out on my own and got my first like real deal apartment where I'm not a student anymore, that I want to furnish something and make it a home. And I bought dishes and nice flatware. I bought, you know, a nice uh, room set and, um, you know, nice queen bed and all of that and dresser and the whole nine. And I remember my friend came over and she was like, why did you buy these nice dishes and stuff? And and I was like, you know, so I could have them and, you know, have people over for dinner. And I like them. I thought they were pretty and they match my decor. And she was like, you're single. You could literally just eat on paper plates and, you know, no one would know. Like, why would you buy this? And, you know, I kind of had already said my piece of why I bought it. So I didn't kind of rebuttal. And then she goes into my bedroom like, why do you have this big old fancy queen bed with this fancy headboard and all of this? Like, this is the kind of bed you get when you're married and you're, you know, you have somebody to share it with. And I'm like, what? You know, like as the, you know, all these things are piling up. Like I need someone else to be able to enjoy my life. So I have to eat on paper and sleep on a futon because I'm not married. I don't deserve to have a comfortable bed. You know, it's just this weird thing. And I, you know, I was at the time, I'm like in my early twenties and you know, now I'm in my mid thirties and I'm, I'm still not married. And I thought if I had have taken her advice, like 
I <laughs> would probably on a, be on a walker from sleeping on a futon for the past 12 years. And um, my carbon footprint would be huge from all the paper plates and plastic spoons I've eaten out of. Like, it's ridiculous, this idea that my life cannot... Um, move forward until I have someone like quote unquote, someone to share it with. Um, and I'm so glad that, you know, and I have in other moments, but I'm, I'm glad that in these moments that I have not held my breath and not waited, um, till I waited to have certain things and base that on another person or another person's timeline for my life. And yours might not be a relationship and it might not be making a comfortable home, but whatever it is that you have a burning desire to do that you are able to do right now, I say do it because you don't want to hold your breath and think a moment has to be perfect and look 10 years, 20 years later and realize that you missed a golden opportunity and look back with regret. Stop holding your breath. That thing that you want to do that you are able to do, do it right now. I'm not saying everything you can do on the fly and there are dreams you have to build and work towards, but the things that you can do that you're leaving in your back pocket, like, no, I want to do it when I have this, or I want, you know, in that particular situation, I want to do it when I have my man and da, 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 da. And you will look up and you will miss out on things that you wanted to have. And this little nugget in, I'm just going to drop in for free. And because it was going to be its own separate word, but I want to share it here because I believe it fits is that you are exactly who you think you are. And what I mean by that is sometimes we are so scared to take the next move because even though it's something that we have a passion for, we fear that we're not good enough for it. And I'm here to tell you that you are that book that you want to write. You are. You have, you are an author. You have the capability. You have the story that is, that could be a number one bestseller. All you have to do is be willing to take that leap. You, that career that you want to go after, that degree that you are scared to pursue, you, and I'm speaking even to myself right now. I need to motivate my own self and I'm motivating you too, bestie, because I know there are things that you are sitting on. There are things that you are scared to make a move about because you don't think that you have the capability, even though you have the passion, but I'm telling you, you have the passion and that seed that was put in you, that has been um, planted in you was planted on purpose and with a purpose. And there is someone that is waiting on you to do the work that you have within you to get them to their next level, to be an inspiration to them. There are people that you are meant to employ that you are not employing because you're sitting on your business. And I'm telling you right now, everything that you see in your mind and think, Oh, I wish I, I wonder if I'm CEO material. You are. I'm here to tell you that you are. You are doctorate level material. You are a business owner. You are everything and everything that you think you are. Um, and I know that was wonky and I'm just getting my feet wet, bestie. But if you stayed with me through this, if you've sat here and listened and driven in your car listening to me, then guess what? You are my new best friend. Call me every five minutes. Bye. Often feeling